0: Primary threat spotted. Moving into position. I the strength and certainty of steel. Cadia marks the boundary where reality and unreality meet. Of course, we didn't expect to die out here. You know, I'm beginning to wish I'd asked for more money. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. D20Radio.com. Alright, alright, alright. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Xenos, Heretics, and Space Marines to Tactica. We are going to talk all about Nova, Nova, Nova this week. So, lots of really fun stuff going on. I am recording this the day before I start driving out to... Uh, Nova and I am just really excited because it's going to be a ton of fun. I'm excited to play Kill Team, I'm excited to meet uh, the listeners, I'm excited to play board games and all kinds of new stuff, so it is going to be a huge party this week and I'm just so freaking excited. So uh, we are going to jump right in and this is our first podcast of the week going through Nova. And before we get on in, I just want to give a huge shout out to our Patreons and the sponsors of the show, uh, Battle Foam, Discount Games Inc., as well as the Army Painter. Some of you might have seen last night that I had a massive speed paint session with my Gellerpox infected because that's the team I've decided to take to Nova. Uh, but this entire month has just been a whirlwind. There's been a lot of family stuff, work stuff, life stuff. It's just Keep kept me so busy, and I completely forgot to paint my models, and I realized, oh, yeah, I need to do something. So I did a, a little live stream. We painted for like four, four and a half hours, um, and it was a blast. So I, I definitely have to give a shout out to uh, the Army Painter and to Hobby Holder. I know um, I talk about them all the time, but uh, the Army Painter paints and brushes were just Uh, God tier just made life so much easier in painting those models and using the hobby holder to, uh, you know, stabilize my hand and keep those models from shaking around. Made life so much easier. So it was a lot of fun. I'm really excited to see the Army Painter and Hobby Holder and Battle Foam and all these uh, teams at Nova. We're going to have a great time. But uh, yeah, it's just, oh man, it was so much fun to throw on some Star Wars music. Uh, we had people join in from the Discord channel and we painted Geller Pox for a long time. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. But yeah, uh, Army Painter brushes are pretty dang good. If you've ever been on the fence about, oh, you know, do I get them, or do I not? I, Buy one, just buy one, try it. I think you'll enjoy it. So let's jump into this week's episode. Now I said I'm going to be at Nova, so there's going to be coverage coming out of Nova. So if you're listening and you want information about Kill Team or stuff from the con, there's going to be lots of photos on the Facebook page. I'm also going to be recording uh, small little episodes on Anchor. That's the uh, the Anchor app. So. Uh, Kind of what happened with Adepticon was I was doing daily podcasts, um, but it didn't work out super well because the editing process was extremely difficult on the phone and uploading it to Shout Engine is just kind of complicated when uh, you don't have a, um, a laptop or a PC with you. And I'm traveling really light to all these conventions. Usually it's a backpack and a weekender and I don't have a laptop on me. So if anyone has an old laptop you want to donate, let me know. We'll talk. But uh, the easiest way to record something on the road and get, you know, as genuine as an emotional response as I can get is to record like immediately after something happens. So what I've been doing, uh, what I've been practicing is uh, there's the Anchor podcast app, which probably most of you know about. You can record on the app and then upload it. So what's going to happen is uh, throughout the course of the week, I'm going to be uploading these smaller Uh, episodes where it's like you know I did this thing or I saw this demo or I talked to this person because guess what we're gonna be hanging out with Uncle Adam again and uh, a couple other people so I'm pretty excited to you know get interviews at the con and talk to you know um, uh, celebrities and people and so on and so forth so if you're listening and you want to listen to all that as it comes out the traditional RSS feed that you're listening to if it's not on Anchor You won't get it. Now, I'm going to, when I post to Anchor, I'm also going to post the link onto the Facebook page. So if you're, you know, a part of the community for Squat Tactica, you shouldn't miss out on it. But I just want people who are listening right now to know there will be some extra content coming out throughout the course of the week. It just won't be in your traditional RSS feed. Now, once I get back home, uh, I'm going to probably uh, either edit it all together into one super long episode or just upload it to the traditional RSS feed. I'll figure it out when I get back. It's, that's not a big high priority right now. But I am going to be doing coverage from the con. So, you know, one day, you know, day one, you might get like a 30-minute episode. One day, you might get an hour. One day, you might get 20 minutes. It just depends on the day, the event, and all kinds of things. But this week, we are going to be, well, for this Nova, this pre-Nova episode, uh, because after this recording uh, and work, I'm basically... You know, unavailable for a day and a half while I'm traveling. So this is essentially a pre-Nova episode, and we're going to be talking about the brand new designer's commentary and errata that came from Games Workshop earlier this month. And the reason I'm talking about that is because not, not everyone has read it, not everybody knows about it, and this is going to be street legal for Nova. Now, none of the adjustments are, in my opinion, uh, too... Uh, Disruptive or destructive to the game. There's some great clarifications and minor updates that we've uh, needed and wanted, and that's pretty much it. We don't really have any major crazy shift where it's like, okay, you know, the Tau are now awful and Space Marines are god tier. Like, they didn't do anything like that, but it is noticeable. Uh, information for people who if you're not going to Nova I still see people commenting on the discord and Facebook a lot that they're going to a tournament they're going to an event and uh, we've you know the last couple episodes we've talked about missions and we've talked about uh, all kinds of different aspects of playing the game and I think this is going to be a really great way to kind of top off you know the the new player primer we've kind of done where we started with you know bringing new players in and then the missions and all kinds of things like that and now we're going into the designers commentary where it's the most you know quote-unquote technical aspect of kill team where these are updates and erratas that are not in the manual that you need to know if you want to be a competitive player so the plan for this episode is we're going to read through all of the new magenta flavored updates with the exception of commanders because no one really plays Commanders at these major events. Maybe we'll do it another day, but for right now, we're going to do the Core book, Elites, and Arena. If you've already read all these and you kind of know all of them, uh, you might want to skip to the end where we're going to talk a little bit about Nova and some of the practical applications for these. Um, but for right now, let's just jump right in. And the first question is, if I declare more than one model as the target of a charge, so you have like a model at 3 inches, 5 inches, 7 inches, But I failed to roll sufficient charge distance to reach one of them. Can I still make attacks against that target if the pile-in move from my model brings me within one inch of them? The answer is no. So, for example, we have three, five, and seven inches. If you roll five inches for your charge distance, you can hit the three-inch model, the five-inch model. And because you couldn't get seven inches, it doesn't matter how or if you're able to get one inch of that target model. You can't attack it. There you go. Uh, That was something that we had actually talked about previously in other episodes where there was kind of a a cheeky way where you could declare targets, multiple targets, you could, you know, declare, you know, uh, like five targets. You could say there's, you know, a model within one, two, three, four, and five inches away and you roll three inches, but you could still use your pile in to get within one inch of something that you didn't roll towards and you could... You know, attack it technically. Well, now you can't. So that's a good clarification to note. You can only attack things that you roll with an appropriate distance. You can't like cheat your way towards extra models that you're like, oh, I really need to get to that one model at seven inches away. Well, you only rolled five inches. So you can hit your model at three inches or five inches, but that's it. That's all you get. Another question. Now, this one I thought was pretty. Self-explanatory, I've never had this come up, but I think it's probably an excellent clarification. Uh, It says, I declare a charge against a model that is subsequently taken out of action while firing Overwatch. For example, they supercharge their plasma weapon, which, if you don't know what that means, listener, uh, essentially, if a model kills themselves during Overwatch... What happens? And the way you can do that, the only way I know you can do that is you supercharge a plasma weapon. If you roll a one, you die. Like, your your model is eviscerated. It's like, you're, you're just blown to smithereens. I don't know if there's any smithereens left, actually. You might just vaporize. You become essential a, a oils. Uh, Anyways, continuing, if I declare charge against a model that is subsequently taken out of action while firing Overwatch, uh, for example, plasma weapon, uh, since I can no longer end that charge move within one inch of any targets of my charge, can I still move up to the distance rolled, and if so, in which direction? The answer is no, the model cannot, the charging model, cannot move towards a target of its charge, so it cannot move. So essentially this is explaining if a model that you are attempting to charge somehow gets taken off the tabletop, you are dead in the water you can't do anything can't move you can't charge because there's no target so for me this kind of uh solidifies as many times as you possibly can try to multi-charge just so that you don't get stuck in the middle of nowhere you don't get trapped and you don't lose an option if your opponent decides you know what i want to try and kill myself So that way, your model's out in the open, and then I have an opportunity to shoot you, and you have no obscurity. Alright, here's a tricky one that is about pistols. Question, can a model from my kill team fire a pistol weapon at an enemy model that is within one inch of another model from my kill team if that firing model is not within one inch of the target model? Okay. So there's three models here. This is a really poorly worded question in terms of complexity. So can my model from my kill team, model A, fire a pistol weapon at an enemy model that is within one inch? So enemy model is model B. An enemy model that is within one inch of another model, so that's your friendly model, so that's uh, model C. Uh, If the firing model, which is model A, is not within one inch of the target model. So you basically have model B and model C. They're locked in combat, or they're one inch away from each other, whatever. But the the prerequisite is the enemy model, model B, is within one inch or less of your model C, friendly model. Ho- I hope this is making sense. So those two are in combat. The question is, can my model from wherever fire a pistol into that combat? The answer is no. The only time you can really do that is if you... Are engaged with someone else within one inch and you shoot them with a pistol you can't shoot into another combat is essentially what they're saying here's a good one we've talked about for many episodes regarding kill teams being broken and how does that work and the question pretty much asks that if i have an odd number of models in my kill team how do i work out if i need to roll to see if it is broken so in the rule book it says you have to have uh, more than half of your models that either have a flesh wound, they're shaken, or taken out of action, and then you roll to see if your kill team is broken. So the question, once again, if I have an odd number of models in my kill team, how do I work out if I need to roll to see if it is broken? Answer: If I have nine models in my kill team, half of this number would be 4.5. Therefore, once five models have either flesh wounds, were shaken, or were taken out of action, a roll would be required to check to see if my kill team was broken. So. The answer would also apply, you know, if I have 10 models in my kill team, half of this number would be five. Uh, Therefore, once... Ooh, that's interesting. At least we have the answer for uh, odd models. Like if you have nine or seven or 11. Uh, But the rulebook explicitly states you have to have more than half. So if you had 10 models... Based on the rule book, you would have to have six models with flesh wounds shaken or being out of action to check to see if your kill team was broken. Moving along, we're going to look into tactical reroll. So the question, uh, I've actually, we've talked about this on the show too. I've seen this happen, this mistake be made in tournaments all the time. Uh, If I use tactical reroll tactic to reroll an injury roll for a weapon with a damage characteristic of two or more, how many dice do I reroll? Answer, you must reroll all the dice for example if the tactical reroll tactic was used to reroll the injury roll for an attack made with a weapon that has a damage characteristic of three all three dice must be rerolled realistically when you're attacking and you're trying to blow someone off the table this isn't a question the only time i've seen people ask the question about do i get to pick and choose is against necrons and unfortunately the answer is no if you spend your command point to tactically reroll a roll that is all of the dice that were participating in that roll. so if you re-roll you know if you have a damage characteristic of five or a million then you would re-roll all of those dice not just the ones you want to re-roll so that that's good clarification um I don't think there was much question about that but it is good to see it officially so that way if someone new comes into the game or um, we've had people who don't quite understand how rolling the injury roll works this is a great practical uh, clarification so people can understand when you use the the reroll it's for everything. Now, it applies, in this instance, it only applies to the injury roll for a clarification. But the thing is, if there's ever a point in the game where you're rolling multiple dice and you use a tactical reroll, you would reroll all of those because it's a part of the roll. Next up, we have Astro Militarum. We're going into the specific kill teams with uh, questions and designer's commentary. So, question Can the move, move, move order be issued to an Astro Militarum model that has fallen back or retreated this turn? Yes. Very simple, very easy, super duper useful. Moving on to the Tau Empire. This is important. This is a good one. Uh, Question. When must I decide if I will use the For the Greater Good ability for each model within range of a target of a charge? So for people who don't know, For the Greater Good is an ability where if you have a model... So you have a a target model that's being charged. So you have a Tau Infantry model, whatever. If you have a friendly model within, I believe, three inches of the target model being charged with the For the Greater Good keyword ability, you can declare any of those models to be uh, using Overwatch. Even though one model is being charged, you can have a bunch of drones surrounding said model, and all of those models can choose to uh, use Overwatch. So what's really good is you can use... um, You can run little squadrons within your kill team where you'll have some people like to do this where you'll have like one Tau infantry model and then they'll have an accompanying one or two um, drones. And so what happens is if you charge the, uh, the Tau infantry model, the drones can declare overwatch alongside the Tau and you're getting a bunch of shots out of a single charge attack that you normally don't get. So the question is, when do you decide if you're going to use that ability? The answer is, you must declare all models that wish to fire Overwatch using this ability before resolving any of the attacks. A model that you declare will use this ability is treated as having done so even if the charging model is taken out of action before that model's Overwatch attacks are resolved, and therefore will be unable to fire Overwatch again or retreat for the rest of the phase. So the complication around this question was I have a Tau infantry model and two drones. Somebody charges me with like a pox walker, for example. So I, in, in the original problem we had was, okay, my Tau model fires and doesn't hit. Okay, uh, I'm then going to use for the greater good on drone number one. And they roll and they don't hit. Okay, I'm going to use uh, for the greater good on drone number two and then you resolve those dice. So the the problem was people were trying to um like slow roll out their activations of for the greater good and the way it was worded was kind of tricky. Now, eventually it was understood that you needed to declare all of your for the greater good ability triggers before you roll, rolled your dice. Um because the other thing that would happen was people would um kind of they kind of do the same thing where they'd roll out the the tau infantry model it's like oh i hit but i don't wound or or the opponent saves or they pass their uh their feel no pain you know they're disgustingly resilient so they go oh, okay uh then i'm gonna use my for the greater good on this drone so the way the designer's commentary has adapted this is before you roll any dice before you resolve any dice you have to choose which model or models are going to use for the greater good And if you happen to kill the charging model during Overwatch, if one of your models didn't actually fire and didn't use the For the Greater Good ability because you declare that they were going to use it, they still have been treated as using it. So this forces Tau players to... Uh, Be a little bit more conservative. You don't want to overcommit. Like, if you need to kill a model, you might want to overcommit because it's important. Um, But you can't just say, okay, I've got one Tau infantry and six drones surrounding him. And I get charged. Okay, I'm going to fire eight or uh, seven Overwatch attacks. And I kill him after the third Overwatch attack. Oh, well, I still have four more because I didn't use them. No, no, that's no longer the case. If you declare for the greater good whether you killed them whether you shot regardless of what happens you are treated as having overwatched and you can't do it again and you can't retreat for the rest of the phase all right more overwatch questions so we have this one how does the for the greater good ability interact with the point-blank overwatch tactic found in kill team rogue trader and kill team arena so we already talked about the greater good ability talk about the point blank tactic so this is the one command point tactic that allows you to um you spend the cp and if your model and you, you pick a model and if that model is charged by a enemy model that's out of line of sight at any point during their charge you can stop them and initiate an overwatch attack uh, because of the way Rogue Trader and Arena work, there's lots of walls. There's a lot of attacks that come from out of line of sight, and Games Workshop created this tactic so that um, charge heavy and uh, charge heavy kill teams or models that have long distances or rerolls. You know, we're looking at orcs or Harlequins, things like that. That like they can get into charges really easily, and you can't see them. Uh, this command point tactic. Was built to give the uh, the models that are being charged an opportunity to not die, <laughs> essentially. But this is a good question because once again, for the greater good, you can have a Tau infantry model surrounded by drones, but they're getting charged by, say, a Harlequin who is one hundred percent out of line of sight, and they roll, you know, their three d six and get, you know, eighteen inches. What are you going to do? So, once again, the question goes How does uh, For the Greater Good trigger with point blank tactic from Kill Team Arena and Rogue Trader? Answer Models within six inches of the target. I'm sorry. Models within six inches of the target of the charge can use For the Greater Good to fire Overwatch. When the charge is declared as normal but cannot use this ability when you choose to interrupt the charging models move to resolve overwatch attacks made by the target of the charge okay what does that mean we're going to read that one more time because there's a couple steps in here so models within six inches of the target of the charge so your drones your models that have for the greater good ability they have to be within six inches of the target being charged So, that's the first step. So, models within six inches of the target of the charge can use for the greater good to fire Overwatch when the charge is declared as normal. Okay, cool. But, they cannot use this ability when you choose to interrupt the charging model's move to resolve Overwatch attacks made by the target of the charge. So, essentially what they're saying is if you use the tactic and you decide to stop... The opponent charging model to shoot Overwatch. You can't use the greater good ability. So essentially, you have to, uh, you can only use the greater good ability during regular charges. I, I hope that makes sense. I'll say it one more time. Uh, models within six inches of the target of the charge can use their ability to fire Overwatch when the charge is declared as normal. Pretty simple. But they cannot use this ability when you choose to interrupt the enemy charging model their move to resolve overwatch that's how the point-blank tactic works they're going to charge from out of line of sight where you technically can't use overwatch when you use the point-blank overwatch tactic you are allowed to interrupt the charging model at any point during the charge and shoot overwatch so you can interrupt them if they're an inch away from you six inches away from you whatever but you get to interrupt them before they get to charge you so You can't use for the greater good if you interrupt them at any point. So, there you go. Super easy. Well, kind of easy. (laughs) Uh, Next question. This is actually much easier. How many DS8 tactical support turrets can I include in my Tau Empire kill team? Answer, one. The maximum number, max, characteristic for this model is one. Therefore, as per the datasheet rules on page 18 of the kill team core manual... Only one of these models can be included in your kill team, whether it is purchased to accompany Ash Sui or a Breacher Shisui. Alright, next question. If I use the support turret replacement tactic to replace a destroyed DS-8 tactical turret, does the replacement model have to be armed with the same weapon as the model that was removed from the battlefield? Answer, yep, sure does. Alright, let's move on to Tyranids. When making an injury roll for an attack made by a model with Toxin Sacks, how is the one additional damage applied? Answer. This ability will add 1 to the damage characteristic of the weapon being used for that attack. For example, a model with Toxin Sacks makes a wound roll of 6 for an attack with Bone Swords. The damage characteristic of Bone Swords for that attack will be treated as 2 instead of 1. And therefore, if the saving throw for that attack is failed and the target is reduced to 0 wounds, 2d6 would be rolled for the injury roll and the highest result would be applied. So pretty straightforward uh, Toxin Sacks gives you uh, plus one damage and your injury roll is always the damage characteristic of the weapon so if your damage characteristic is one you roll one die if it's two you roll two dice three three dice and so on and so forth all right last question for the kill team core manual uh, designer's commentary when making an injury roll against an aberrant model this is going to be for uh the gene sealer cults for those of you who do or do not know. When making an injury roll against an aberrant model, do I roll the number of dice shown by the damage characteristic of the weapon used for that attack or by the damage suffered by the model after it has been reduced by the bestial Vul- vigor ability? Answer Use the modified damage characteristic of the attack after it has been reduced by bestial vigor. Now, I don't play the uh the genius sealer cults, so I don't know if that has any practical application or impact for the gene stealers. Um, but there you go. So we are going to move along to Kill Team Arena. I'm gonna skip over Commanders, sorry buddy. Actually, let's just do the errata real quick. This one isn't too bad either. All right, the first piece of new errata coming out of the Core Team Manual is page 69 up in Adam. Change this tactic to read. Use this tactic in the fight phase after attacking with a model from your Kill Team. Pick a combat specialist from your kill team that has not yet attacked this phase. You can choose this model to fight next before another player chooses a model to fight. So just an update clarification, making it nice and clean, nice and uh, tight in the wording. Uh, Moving on to Fortis' kill team, I'm not going to read that because I... I don't know anyone who uses forest Kill Team. Uh, you can check that out on your own time. Uh, moving on, Voice of Command. This is a good one. Uh, page 100, Voice of Command. Change this ability to read. Voice of Command, once per battle round, if your leader or an officer from your Kill Team is on the battlefield and not shaken, you can pick one of these models to issue an order to another member of your Kill Team at the start of the shooting phase. To issue an order, pick another friendly Astra Militarum model other than a shaken or commander model within 12 inches of your leader or officer and choose which order you wish to issue from the list opposite. A model may only be affected by one order per battle round. So they added officer into this because uh, the officer is highlighted in the magenta. So that's cool. You have uh, leader or officer models can issue commands. Moving on to page 100. Cunning strategy. Change this tactic to read. Use this tactic after your leader or an officer from your kill team has issued an order. That model may immediately issue an additional order. So they're just updating the text because uh, it initially said leader, and now it's saying leader or an officer. So super cool. Uh, pretty good. I mean, like, the erratas are pretty straightforward. Usually that's nothing too crazy, but it's just giving the, uh, the Imperial Guard, Astra Militarum, Another option for using their voice of command uh, special ability. Alright, here we go. We've got some more drone abilities. So, page 172 drone abilities. Save your protocols. Change this ability to read. Save your protocols when a friendly Tau Empire infantry or battlesuit, that's pretty nice. Uh, when Tau infantry or battlesuit model within three inches of this model would lose any wounds as a result of an attack made with a ranged or melee weapon, this model can intercept that attack. If it does, that model does not lose those wounds, and this model suffers one mortal wound. Designers note, whilst updating this ability in order for it to be used with the battlesuit models introduced with Kill Team Elites, we took the opportunity to reword it slightly to clarify how it should work. Well, if you don't know what that means, that basically means we will read through this step by step and clarify what they're talking about. So first off, it used to be a Tau Empire infantry model. That was it. Now you have the battlesuits. Cool. So when a Tau Empire Infantry model or battlesuit within three inches of a model with the Savior Protocol's ability would lose any wounds as a result of an attack made with a ranged or melee weapon. So that is a couple things. First of all, you have to uh, potentially lose a wound, which means you get your armor save. So your opponent shoots a Tau Infantry or battlesuit model. You roll to hit or they roll to hit they succeed, they roll to wound, they succeed, you roll an armor save, you fail. At that point in the game, the Tau, Empire, the Tau Empire Infantry model or battle suit would lose a wound as a result of an attack. This triggers the Savior Protocols. And then, the we'll keep reading the sentence, this model, the one that has the Savior Protocol, can intercept that attack, okay? If you choose to do that, the model with Savior Protocols Uh, suffers one mortal wound and the model that failed the armor save that would have lost wounds does not lose those wounds instead i am i am paraphrasing the entry here but i'm trying to make it as clear as possible so in a nutshell if a tau empire infantry or battle suit is shot by a ranged weapon or they're attacked with a melee weapon and they fail their armor save a friendly model within three inches that has savior protocols can say wait I will take a mortal wound. You don't take anything. And then they would uh, save against the mortal wound if they have something like um, disgustingly resilient, which most of these models don't. I don't think any of them do. So at that point, you would roll against yourself on the injury chart uh, because you are allocating the wound to yourself. And if you're listening and you say, well, that's not how that works, whenever you, whoever dealt the wound, rolls the injury chart. So what's interesting for those who don't know about savior protocols is say you, the listener, attack me. Okay. You rolled a hit, you rolled a wound, and then I fail my save. If I didn't have savior protocols, you, the listener who's attacking me, would roll on the injury chart. However, if I have a drone, usually drones are the things that have savior protocols. So if you rolled a hit, you roll a wound, I fail my save, but then I use Savior Protocols, at that point in the game, I am the one who is dealing the mortal wound to myself. So because I use Savior Protocols, I would roll on the injury chart to see uh, if I take the uh, the drone that use you Savior Protocols out of action or deal it a flesh wound. Uh, this is one of those really unique interactions within the game. and If you don't play Tau or you don't play against Tau, this never happens. But this is something to note. If you are going to play Tau or going to play against Tau, the person who allocates Savior protocols is also the person who uh, rolls against themselves on the injury chart. You don't get to roll it because you are no longer dealing the wound. So very interesting for Savior protocols. We got the battlesuit keyword added in, so you can protect your drone or you can use your drones to protect battlesuits and infantry, which is really good. On top of you now get to uh, resolve. The entire attack and your saves before you use you save your protocols. Because initially, some people thought you had to use uh, you save your protocols earlier than that, and that's nice that you actually get the opportunity to roll your dice and see if you save. What's interesting is this does not note uh, protection from psychic attacks. It specifically says arranged or melee weapon or attack made. Yeah, with a range or melee weapon, I'll have to look that up because. I don't know if psychic attacks use a a weapon, it's just a psychic profile, so I don't think savior protocols protect you from, like, a psychic blast, I don't don't think it does, I'll have to look it up, I'm not super sure about that, Uh, since psychers aren't super prevalent, I guess, if it happens at Nova, well, it won't worry, I don't have to worry about that, I'm not using Tau, uh, so it doesn't matter for me, because I'm using Gellerpox, but, uh, That's that actually is something I can look up. I'll find out later. Uh, next is page 177, uh, Metabolic Overdrive. Change this tactic to read: uh, Use this tactic in the movement phase after making a normal move with a model from your kill team. You can make a second normal move with that model, but if you do, the model cannot shoot this battle round. In addition, roll a d6 on a 1. The model suffers 1 mortal wound. And then the last uh, entry here, page 188, Range Weapon Profiles change the damage characteristics of mining laser to d6 that seems pretty good I don't know what it was before because once again I don't play the um, the gene sealer cult but I can't imagine having a d6 damage profile be well I guess if it was like damage 2 and now it's d6 it could potentially be worse but it's still going from d2 to d6 is I think that's better, but anyways, I don't know because I'm speculating. I have no idea what the profile for that weapon is, (laughs) so I'm not going to worry about that all right moving along we're going to look at kill team arena bah, 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 bah. well wouldn't you know it there's only a single entry here and it's about doors i wouldn't i never saw that coming sarcasm anyways errata doors page seven changed the first sentence of the second paragraph to read an infantry or battlesuit model so we have battlesuits now battlesuits can open doors uh but i'll read the whole thing anyways an infantry model or battle suit model can open a closed door or close an open door if it either starts the movement phase within one inch of that door's doorway and remains stationary that phase or if it ends a normal move within one inch of a doorway and there are no enemy models within one inch of that doorway so basically they added battle suits in that's really nice Um, there's still the complication of closing doors and opening doors with models, enemy models and things, and they, they didn't address that, but whatever, at least battle suits can open doors because it does make sense that they couldn't, but we didn't actually have an official clarification for Nova, which technically would have meant that battle suits can't open doors, but what (laughs) it's so dumb sometimes how a model should definitely be able to open a door, but can't. And you have to have an errata or an update to fix that. <laughs> so we have a one-page, one-entry errata for Kill Team Arena for the keyword battle suit. <laughs> so pretty simple. If you're a Tau player, it matters. If you're not a Tau player, don't worry about it. All right. Moving on to Kill Team Elites. These are all brand new. And uh, we're going to talk about each and every one of them. It's only a page... Well, there's technically two pages, but with the whole... Although we strive to ensure the rules are perfect, blah, 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 it's basically one page. And in reality, a majority of these are removing stealth from the specialist option. So, um, it's pretty simple. We're going to run through here. Page 17, Dark Angels, Grim Resolve. Change the first line of this ability to read re-roll unmodified hit rolls of one for attacks made with ranged weapons by models in your kill team including when firing overwatch that have not moved in this battle round super cool page 26 bad moons armed to the teeth change this ability to read Reroll unmodified hit rolls of 1 for attacks made by models in your kill team in the shooting phase. Alright, here we go. Page 38 has Infiltrator, Suppressor, Eliminator. Remove stealth from this character's uh, data sheet specialist option. Cool. Uh, Also on page 72, Possessed. Remove stealth. Uh, Page 88, Striking Scorpion. Remove stealth. Uh, So that's all the stealth. There's no stealth. Removing that. Page 62, this is a big one. This is probably one of the bigger ones other than the update to the racks for Dark Eldar. So page 62, Olgren and Bulgrin. Add the following ability to these data sheets. Auxilia, the voice of command ability has no effect on this model. If you've never, and I say never, played against a Astra Militarum player using Ogrins or Bulgrin, and then using voice of command to attack multiple times in a round be thankful because my friend dave who we all love and know is one of my training partners uh he plays astra Militarum and guess what he used this combo on me and it was gross it was so painful that his uh what it? it was like 40 something point his 40 something point model got to attack like twice per round because you could use voice of command to attack i think it was. i think it's fixed bayonets you can attack in the shooting phase, and then you can attack in the fight phase. And so he would just run up and be like, hey, you, attack. And then he just beat someone out. And then he'd attack again in the fight phase. And I'm like, I, I'm i frustrated. I don't know how to stop this. So they can't do that anymore. Games Workshop has essentially nerfed the Astra Militarum, uh, Ogren Bulgrin, Wombo Combo, Happy Feet. And, uh, I'm, I'm okay with that because it was pretty, pretty gross because you, you either were dealing with an ogre who had a, 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 shield that gave him a two up armor save. And it was just like, wow, this is going to be really hard to kill. Or you try and get around to the model giving the voice of command. Um, but now that everybody, you know, you can have a leader or an officer giving commands, that's going to make it impossible to take out whoever gives the commands. So Ogren and Bulgren would just, like, forever be able to punch through the game. So I'm happy that they got rid of that. Um, I, I play Astra Militarum, and I did that, and I thought it was stupid, too. So, like, I did it once in one game, and I was like, I don't like this. This seems dumb. So I stopped doing it. But they officially made it so you can't do that again. All right, next entry is page 79, ranged weapons profile table. Add the following profile to the ranged weapons table. Plague Spewer. This is for... Um, Death Guard. I think it's for Death Guard. Maybe it's for Chaos Space Marines. I don't know. This is an evil Chaos Space Marine weapon. So, Blake's Spewer. Range, 9 inches. Type, heavy D6. Strength, 5. AP, negative 1. Damage, 1. Abilities. You can reroll rolls of 1 for this weapon. This weapon automatically hits its target. So, it's a 9-inch flamethrower. You roll D6 shots. It's really good. Page 91, The Rack. This has been a topic of debate ever since the uh, Elites book came out because everyone thought and pretty much knew there was a misprint for the rack rat gunner and a Kothist, which is essentially the sergeant for the racks. So in the dark Eldar rulebook, the racks, all the, all these models are strength three toughness four. In the elites book when it was printed, they were toughness four or I'm sorry, they were strength four, toughness three. Those two variables were swapped. And the whole community was like, is this a glitch? Is this an error? Do we play it printed? You know, because in the rule book it says there's Strength 4, Toughness 3. But in the actual 8th edition game, we know that there's Strength 3, Toughness 4. We know it's the opposite. So what do we do? And unfortunately, Games Workshop never did anything until now to change it. So if you played in a tournament as a Dark Eldar player... Your racks were strength uh, four, toughness three. That's just how it was. So Games Workshop has officially changed the model profile. They have officially fixed this issue. So racks, Rat gunners, and the sergeant, the acothist have the correct stat line, seven-inch movement, three-plus uh, three weapon skill, three-plus ballistic skill, strength three, toughness four, one wound, two attacks—the sergeant has three attacks— Leadership seven, the sergeant has eight leadership. uh, T-shirt save of six up, and there we go. So it took them (laughs) until August of 2019 to fix it, but we have an official fix for the Dark Eldar. So there you go. Uh, Page 109, moving along. Range weapons, points table. Change the Cruit rifle infantry to read Cruit rifle, Cruit only. Okay, cool. Uh, FAQs, three questions. One, can a Vanguard Veteran Sergeant be added to a Death Watch Kill Team using the Aquila Kill Team Rule? No. Only Vanguard Veteran models can be affected by this rule. Question. If a Corn Berserker Champion takes two Lightning Claws, which points value should I use? Answer. Use the points value for a pair of Lightning Claws. Alright. Question. Can a model with the For the Greater Good ability fire Overwatch if another model from their kill team is charged by a model with the Banshee Mask ability? Great question. The answer is no. Can't. Banshee Mask ability just turns off Overwatch. It's super good. It turns off reactions. It's really gross. Well, I'm pretty sure it turns off. Uh, I know it turns off Overwatch. I thought it turns off reactions. I could be wrong because I... Don't remember offhand, uh, but that's the answer in question. So, there we have it. Those are all of the new updates other than Commanders, which we didn't read. We're not going to read because it's not super applicable to uh, tournaments. I don't know if anyone really uses Commanders in major tournaments, but... Uh, If you do read it, it's one page. It's one, two, three, four, five erratas and one FAQ question. So minimal updates, which is good. You don't really want your erratas to be, you know, major updates with like hundreds of pages. You want it to be as tight and as close-knit and as easy to consume as possible, which is good. I think Games Workshop did a fine job here. And yeah, yeah. Alright, so what does all of this mean for Kill Team going into Nova? Well, in a nutshell, not too terribly much. Um, Basically, the Tau got a big not an update but a big clarification so we know how for the greater good works with overwatch we know how savior protocols works we know that the savior protocols works on battle suits and battle suits can open doors so realistically um the biggest change was astra militarum not being able to wombo combo with their ogrens and bulgrins now the issue is when you're playing a 100 point match those models are like 30 to 40 points, which is really tricky. Um, the last major tournaments I've been watching have had um, mostly, you know, non-Astro Militarum. You've got things like Dark Eldar, Geller... no, not Geller Pox. You've got Tau, Dark Eldar, uh, Regular Eldar. Um, what else? You know, your Death Guard are up there. Uh, Swarm Army, so Tyranids are still good. You see things like Chaos Space Marines. So, you know, mix and match. I don't see any major crazy game changing uh, meta warping. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to explain. It. Like, this is a very uh, well written and well designed. Update Arada designers' commentary. Most of it is just clarifying questions we've had, questions that had not been addressed before with official updates. So we have a reference point. If a question comes up, we can go, "Hey, here's what Games Workshop said in this instance." You know, for example, I'm talking about like the injury roll. You know, if you use tactical reroll, you roll everything. The same thing for charging distances. You, if you reroll your charge distance because the roll was two die or two dice, you don't get to pick one. And leave the other. You have to roll the whole roll together. So I think that's important to note. I think that's good. Um, Like I said, the only major, major adjustment was really, in my opinion, was the Ogren-Bulgren-Wombo-Combo. It is good to see that they adjusted the racks. It's about freaking time. Um, That should have been adjusted, like, immediately. They should have just said, oh, we have done goofed. Sorry. Uh, Somebody at the printer swapped a three and a four. Our bad. Here it is. Um... So, I don't know if that's going to severely impact how the Dark Eldar play. Because, believe it or not, uh, Strength 4 is a lot better than Strength 3. So, I don't know if that's going to make Eldar worse, per se. um, But the Racks were seeing play. So, that's, you know, something to note. Um... Other than that, realistically, it just was a great clarification for, like, uh, you should be able to use Savior Protocols on a battlesuit, but you couldn't. Now you can. You should be able to open doors in Arena with a battlesuit. They physically have a hand, but you couldn't, but now you can. So, okay. Uh, Does this have a major impact on tournaments and Nova? I will find out after I play. I don't foresee any major adjustment. Um... But it is nice to know that you can't use uh, For the Greater Good if somebody uh, charges you out of line of sight and you use the uh, point-blank tactic. So that's a good clarification. Like These are all things that we probably needed to know before Nova. And now that we know, it's going to be great because after Nova, next year in 2020, we've got uh, LVO, there's Adepticon, BAO. And we might have a new update at that point um but i don't know if we're gonna see any new releases by that point just because uh kill team really has a lot of things to play with right now i don't think the meta is solved i really don't think the meta is solved um there's and the nice thing is there's so many different kill teams that are viable And the other thing is, you can play a good kill team and be a terrible pilot, or you can be a great pilot and play a quote-unquote terrible kill team, and you can still do very well at these tournaments. Not all... Like, kill team as a game is not completely determined by the power level of your kill team it is determined by your skill as a pilot your ability to make decisions your ability to read the room and determine you know accurately guess what your opponent is trying to do and how to counter it and, and so many different factors more than just well i've got the top team in kill team and it's won everything i'm going to beat you that rarely happens very rarely does a unskilled player with a good kill team beat a skilled player with any kill team just how it goes so i'm excited for nova i think we're going to see a lot of really interesting opportunities and uh, they're going to be doing pods all week and they have the big nova tournament i'm only doing a pod on thursday and then i'm taking a painting class with duncan on thursday which i'm so excited about oh oh i'm really excited to just hang out and meet duncan and learn how to become a better painter maybe we'll get an interview no promises but i'm really gonna try to uh, talk to him and see if we can get him to come on the show, do a little interview, talk about painting. And then the rest of the week, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I'm going to be out and about doing all kinds of things. If I have the time and opportunity, I I may or may not play extra pods during Nova, um, but there is going to be Crisis Protocol, the miniature game, the new Marvel miniature game is going to be demoed there. Uh, FFG is going to have the brand new Marvel Champions LCG, and I'm really excited to play that. Uh, it looks like a lot of fun. I actually am doing a podcast on that show, on that game with uh, other friends of mine. Um, A lot of my friends from the Star Wars Destiny podcast that I do are going to be there, as well as my co-hosts, so I'm going to be playing some Star Wars Destiny, I'm going to see my podcast hosts, I'm going to be playing board games, eating good food, hanging out, staying up late. Um, Painting miniatures shopping doing demos. So I learned my lesson from Adepticon and for those of you who weren't listening at that point I played uh, a Star Wars Destiny tournament all of day one and then I played kill team a majority of day two and then I only had um, Saturday to go see the show and I missed out on a lot because uh, These cons you probably need two days to or even three days to see all of the stuff on top of that you're hanging out with friends and doing demos and getting interviews and buying products and one day on the con floor is not enough it's just not enough and so I figured out hey I'm never doing that again I'm never spending you know uh, two-thirds of my convention that it's not cheap And I'm not spending two-thirds of it playing games I can do at home. I am a competitive player, but I don't care to play in the competitive scene in terms of I'm going to play kill team, 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 and that's it. Like, I want to see the sites. I want to meet new people. I want to hang out with you, the listener, because a lot of people have said, I'm going to be at Nova. You know what I want to do? I want to hang out with you and maybe go do a demo. Or paint some models, or play a game of Kill Team, who knows, but if I'm if I'm doing all these tournaments and events, and I've signed up for all these things, I can't do that, and so, uh, I'm never doing that again, like, I'll I'll spend one day doing stuff, and then the rest of the con, I'm gonna goof off and have fun, so, I'm gonna be wearing my Squat Tactica t-shirt on Thursday, and then I'm probably gonna be wearing other shirts throughout the course of the week, so... Uh, I'll send a picture on Facebook if you don't know what I look like. But yeah, if you see me in the halls, uh, please let me know. I'm I'm going to be very available after Thursday. If you want to hang out, if you want to talk, if you have any questions, if you want to play a game, let me know. Uh, it is first come, first serve, so if I'm already playing with somebody, you, you might have to wait. But um, I am really excited to meet everyone and play games at Nova and hang out with this just incredibly amazing community. And uh, who knows? Uh, we might do a short interview and have you on the podcast it's going to be a lot of fun and for those of you who aren't going to Nova get ready for Adepticon right now I'm telling you 100% I know it's in March of 2020 but one time goes by really quickly two you need to get your your hotels and your tickets Uh, I don't think Adepticon is going to sell anytime soon and the nice thing is it is a cheap ticket it's not going to break the bank I think it's 40 50 bucks for the the weekend and you only need it's kind of like Nova you only need the ticket if you're going to actually play in an event so if you're just going to show up and like buy things and hang out and play board games you don't really need a ticket Uh, but you do need a hotel and I will also say uh, I stayed off site I stayed at a I think it was a days in it was like three three and a half miles away it was like two blocks away from the con and me and a buddy we got we both got a twin bed. I think it cost me a hundred and ten dollars for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it was dirt cheap. So uh, if you're listening and you're like, you know, a lot of people on our Discord are like, I I I'm very budget conscious. I don't want to spend a lot of money. You know, I don't want I don't need to be in the convention hall all the time. I don't need to get the hotel at the con. If you're listening and you're like me, I like to spend my money buying things, not staying in hotels, because I've done plenty of cons where I spent all the money to stay in the hotel. And don't get me wrong. It is really nice to be able to wake up, put your clothes on, walk downstairs and go to the con. Uh, But for the price point in which I am paying, I would much rather stay off site, pay for the Uber and then buy things at the con than dump all my money into the hotel room. That's my personal opinion. So. Get ready for Nova, get ready for Adepticon, get your hotels now, get your plane tickets. Adepticon is going to be an amazing party. I can already tell you right now, it's going to be a blast. Adepticon 2020 is going to probably be the big, super fun con that we go to um in 2020. I am so excited. But if you're listening and you're really hyped about Nova, and you're really excited and you want to know more about the con as it happens, I promise there will be tons of pictures. There will be tons and tons of pictures, little videos, little maybe live streams. It depends on the uh the Wi-Fi at the con because unfortunately Depticon doesn't have wi-fi that's my one complaint maybe nova will have wi-fi so i don't have to burn through my uh my cell phone data but we'll see what happens it's gonna be a lot of fun super excited and uh, as we wrap up the show as always a huge 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 thank you to all of our patreon supporters uh sincerely without your help i wouldn't be able to go i'm not even kidding Um, If you're listening and you haven't uh, checked out our Patreon, we have a lot of really cool swag. We've got glow-in-the-dark stickers, buttons, clear stickers all kinds of really cool stuff. I'm actually going to be designing some new swag uh, for late 2019, early 2020, so that'll be coming out for our Patreons, but if you're enjoying the show, and you enjoy the, the content, you enjoy the interviews, and you want more, I would ask take a quick moment and check out the Patreon page. We have all kinds of different ways to support the show, and it just helps keep the quality up, keep the production up, and gives us the opportunity to go to these events to bring you along with us if you can't go to Nova if you can't go to Adepticon if you can't go I'm going to Gen Con 2020 if you just don't have the capacity to go you know, maybe think about donating $2 a month and we'll bring you along with us. And sometimes, you know, we might get some swag that we'll raffle off for our Discord or our Patreon. You never know. There's all kinds of stuff and opportunities when we go to these events. And the more we go to, the more opportunities open up. So anyways, thank you so much for listening. I am just insanely excited about this convention because it's going to be a lot of fun. And as always, thank you to BattleFoam, Army Painter, and discount games inc for your sponsorship they're going to be at the, well i know army painter is going to be at the con they're doing an event on friday and i'm really excited to hang out and paint and goof off with that so if you're listening come to that event come check out army painter uh come goof off have fun oh my gosh i'm so excited anyways i love everybody thank you so much for listening we will see you later as we do once again we're going to be doing anchor mini podcasts throughout the week so if you don't know or don't have the anchor podcast app download it now Look for Squad Tactica. There will be updates coming through that app throughout the course of the week, and then we'll figure out how to put that on the traditional RSS feed for everybody else. So thank you for listening. We'll see y'all at Nova. May the force be with you, whatever you want to call it. Live long and prosper. I'm doing the Spock, you know, finger things. Uh, Just drive safe, fly safe, be well. And as always, remember, keep on killing them.